Welcome to the all-new Marvelicious Toys Podcast, hosted by the astonishing Arnie, the mighty Marjorie, and Captain Justin. Nah, just Justin. Join us at MarveliciousToys.com to find thousands of pictures of the items reviewed, find links to our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube pages, and much more. Marvelicious Toys, Volume 2, Issue 16, our Toy Fair show. This is Marjorie. This is Arnie. And this is Justin. And I apologize, we're coming at you a little bit late. First of all, Toy Fair was late this year. It was. It sucked, because I did not get to spend Valentine's Day in New York City. You'll get to next year. I know, but still. It's back at its normal interrupt Justin's date night so he can join a call and talk toys. (laughs) But also, Marjorie ended up... You had a cold at Toy Fair, but it got really bad after Toy Fair. It did. I got really sick and... It wasn't Corona. No, it wasn't Corona. I I didn't have much of a fever, but I spent about a week in bed. So here we are ready to talk Toy Fair now, even though it's what? March Madness? Modoc March Madness. If you're not following that on Facebook, then you're not living. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's about a week or so afterwards, but man, so much was announced and so many things went up for pre-order right away. I think it took a little time just to even wrap our head around everything that happened over that weekend. It was nuts. I mean, I'll tell you, being there, when they got up there and started talking and Marjorie was taking notes while I was trying to live tweet, I, uh, all typos are my fault, I apologize, <laughs> but when... You know, I'm not a teenage girl, so when I'm trying to text that much at a short period of time and try to type proper names, it doesn't always go so well, so it auto-corrects poorly. But they had so much to go through, and yeah, when I got back home, I'm like, wait, did I pre-order this? Did I pre-order that? How many pre-orders actually went up? So I think that's what we're going to try to do, is not reiterate what they said, but distill what they said. (laughs) Try to make a little bit more sense out of the things they showed us and kind of, because I think the biggest question some of us had was like, okay, so yeah, we just saw a lot of new action figures and there wasn't always information to go with them. Like were some of these part of waves or some of these part of two packs or some of these exclusives. So we're going to, we're going to try to figure out where some of these things belong in the line coming up this year. One thing they didn't even announce went up for pre-order the day we're recording this a retro-carded X-Men Gray Beast. Oh, yeah. Nice little upgrade. And it's through the fan channels. I ordered mine from Big Bad Toy Store just because that pile of loot shipped for $4 saves me a lot on shipping, but I know it was up on Entertainment Earth. and Oh, directly at Hasbro Pulse as well. Oh, yeah, and I'm a Pulse Premium member. I could have just paid no shipping, I guess. I do like that he comes with a book. I'm sorry, the glasses are the best. The little tiny (laughs) pair of glasses. I don't care what else you say about this, but those little glasses are adorable. And is this the first, besides regular Beast, does only Beast come with glasses? Uh, You know, I was trying to think about it, and it ended up that it was Bizarro. You know that Bizarro Superman that is at every Walgreens when you're out there looking for cuckoos? He comes with a pair of glasses. Ah, but that's not this show. (laughs) Right. Do any other Marvel figures come with books? No, and you know, that's what I was noticing. I was looking at this trying to figure out what they've done here because it is just a repaint of that Blue Beast we got earlier or late 
last year at some point. I can't remember now at this point. But yeah, it's, he's missing his X-Men belt. And instead of blue, he's in the classic gray. Obviously a new head. But we get that same screaming head, too, from the blue one. So that's not new. We get a book, glasses, head, and a book-holding hand. <laughs> Look at the way they, they sculpted his hand to hold the book specifically. That is pretty awesome. I wish we didn't get the smiling head with the other one, did we? No, that's the new head. The other one is just a gray version of the regular blue release. See, and that's the because of the X-Men animated series, I would have wanted that with the blue one, you know, because that's the beast from there who was always quoting Descartes and Shakespeare and the great philosophers of the past and reading books and would want the glasses. But we're getting them in the gray one, which is, you know, an interesting period of his comic history. <laughs> and hey, I don't think this is the last time we're going to see this buck. I mean, it's very obviously made to be Beast and they're they're already getting the second iteration out of it. And I I can see him doing another more cartoony version here in the in not too distant future in that classic blue that you're looking for, maybe maybe even a little bit brighter, more cartoony blue than the one we just got. Ooh, you know something? We're going to have a little interview with them later on. You might be onto something. Ooh. But, yeah, the presentation there was given by a couple of people. If you've been listening to our show, you've heard Ryan and Dwight on the show regularly. And Dan, we've talked to a couple of times. He, You know, they're the main three. And then it was revealed that if you listen to Star Wars Action News, a face you know, Steve Evans is now on the Marvel side. That's great. I've always enjoyed talking to Steve at Comic-Con and stuff like that. And to have him join in the, the Marvel side can only mean even better things coming at us. Steve came over and said hi at Toy Fair when we were in the Hasbro showroom. And I wish I'd had a couple more minutes to talk with him because he came over right when I was about to interview Ryan and Dwight. But I really want to know what his history is because Steve was so into Star Wars. Mm -hmm. He knew his Star Wars forward and back and he really felt like a super fan who was working on the star wars brand and here i don't know how he feels about marvel i don't know if he has a history with marvel he's british and i don't know if in the 70s and 80s was marvel huge in the uk i mean i know there were the magazines and comics were published specifically in uk releases but i don't know if it was as big over there as it was here yeah, and who, I mean, who knows what perspective and what line he might try to champion or whatnot, but I mean, the difference I see between Marvel and Star Wars collecting is Star Wars is always, always around the movies and then comic books and stuff like that, you know, some of that other material, the new shows and cartoons, that's always just kind of other stuff and they end up being different lines. But in Marvel, we get this really good mix of movie characters, comic-based characters, and now we're getting like... We're going back to even older movies and stuff like that. So, like, maybe Steve brings a different perspective that is going to bring something brand new that we're not even expecting right now. So, hey, the more the merrier, I say. It just shows how big this line has gotten. I mean, we've been talking about it the last few shows, just how much output there is in the Marvel line that maybe extra hands are needed. Yeah, and you know what? No matter what, Steve Evans is good hands to be in. He knows toys and... He was always on his game with the Star Wars line. So I'm really happy that I think we'll probably be talking to him at San Diego. But that kind of leads into, I got not one, but two interviews with Hasbro recently. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm going to first start off. Here's the audio from the one 
at the Hasbro showroom in New York Comic Con. And I just want to preface this. Understand that this interview occurred 15, 20 minutes after the presentations ended. I was a little bit overwhelmed by how much cool stuff they put on the screen. So if at the very beginning it sounds like I'm sucking up, I'm not sucking up. I was just floored and excited by how much they put on the screen there, okay? (laughs) You're adorable, Arnie. So here's that interview. Here with Ryan Ting and Dwight Stahl of the Marvel team at Hasbro. How are you doing, guys? Great, Arnie. How about you? Doing well, thanks. Uh, I want to just first amazing presentation and you guys have just been killing it lately uh how do you how do you live with the success oh uh it's just a challenge to keep getting getting better and better and um you know the line has grown in a number of items over the years and that's just all thanks to the fans and supporting us and you know um liking what we're putting out for the most part i'd say yeah yeah i mean you guys are digging deep you're hitting movie figures you're hitting game figures and you're still hitting the core line of figures where nobody is feeling neglected so i just did want to compliment you guys on that but one question came from a uk listener how do you guys try to get exclusives to the uk he's been having a lot of trouble getting some of those and finding distribution of legends over there yeah, so we're really trying to to grow that international fan base and understand that there have been challenges. Um, but I believe everyone has access to uh, all the exclusive items. You know, if there's a retailer over here that doesn't exist everywhere in the world, those items are still available. They just need to be placed. And so I will say that the international teams are well aware of this, and you know, we appreciate uh, those fans' patience as we kind of get better. And I think we have gotten better, and I think there's more work to do. But um, you know, we, we should be seeing improved uh, distribution for all types of items. Nice. And then there have been, you announced so many X-Men figures right now. It feels like the dam has broke. You know, there was a long time where you were telling me in interviews, well, you're trying to get more in, you're trying to get more in. Is this what happened? Is like now you can do them and you had all these ideas or why so much right now? There's just, I mean, it's just such a massive universe, right? And it, it allows us to have a lot more uh, flexibility when we create X-Men lines because we're not tying them to the theatrical releases. You know, one of the biggest positives and challenges is working on the studio side of the business because they have different demands and different time schedules for that stuff. So the theatrical-based things, the you know, giant Avengers juggernaut over the last two years uh, and other things like that have its own challenges, but the X side... It's a little bit lighter for us. It's a little bit easier for us to, to work on the character selects with with Ryan, with Jesse. So it's just kind of the, the challenge of, uh, of balancing the two. And on the, the X-Men side, it's just, it's fun, it's light, it's easy. Same thing with a lot of the Spider-Man stuff. You know, it's like when, we're, when we don't have a movie, we can be a little more creative and, and come up with some more crazier ideas because we don't have as many checks in the system. You know, it's like, it's like if Ryan's pleased, if Jesse's pleased, we can go. I mean, that's, you know, on that type of stuff, as opposed to the other stuff has a lot more eyes on it. So when we have the opportunity to have a relaxing wave, we take it because <laughs> as awesome as all this stuff is, it's a, you know, it's no, it's no, wonderful, but it's stressful, man. It's a, there's a lot of... The X-Men and Spider-Man universes allow for the greatest flexibility because they're so rich and deep. We've I was just thinking of what we have coming for Spider-Man in the future and I remembered and I was like, Oh, that's really sweet. Can't wait to can't wait to show you guys at San Diego and, and, and New York later this year. I had a question about the fans' choice poll. Um, you said you're doing one of them and the other two will never be done. But 
immediately on our social feeds where people are like, but we like them all. <laughs> so why would you throw two from ever being possible? Well, I think it's it's like we want to make sure that the the, the, the fans feel like the, the vote counts. You know, in the past, sometimes we've you know we've intended to have a winner, but then throughout the course of the year, we had opportunities to bring more things out, and they were sitting ready to go, so we did them. You know, um, this one we really wanted the fans to feel like you know your your vote's going to matter. You know, it's not like you know. Because you know, if it didn't matter, it would just be so kind of like, yay, we're doing a fans poll, yay, but you're going to get them all. It's like this way, it's like, no, vote for the one you really want. You know? I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say we'd absolutely never do it, but they're definitely not in the plans, definitely not for this year. So that's just kind of adding some stakes to it. Right? And then Silk, you guys came out with a really decent Silk figure in 2016. What opportunities did you see with that figure that made you think that one needed to be revisited already as a fan's choice option? Well, um, the deco wasn't quite accurate. Uh, you know, it, I mean, I guess it was accurate for the time, but the artist evolved the costume over the time, so we thought it was one that we could bring back. All right, so that was part of the interview had some technical difficulties that I didn't realize, lost a few questions in that interview. So I fortunately was also taking notes. So you're just gonna have to trust me and I'll run down the questions that didn't make it. One of the things I asked was, there are a lot of venomized toys that we they put out. You know, we saw them at Funko. We saw, you know, Funko's been doing the venomized figures for a while now. And then they have the Maximum Venom line. They had the Venom Ooze figures, the one that looks like it has dangling snot off its nose. That one, <laughs> all it did was just hang slime, and she just shook it, and, like, the snot would wag. I'm like, okay, that's not super fun. However, there are these little deformed Venom figures that puke out slime with another figure inside of that slime. One of those figures is a Modoc. I know that. And it's all blind packaged. I know. <laughs> So I was asking why so much Venom, because they're doing the whole kids line of Maximum Venom stuff. And what Dwight said is, you know, they're tying into the media, the Spider-Man cartoon. And I'll admit, they mentioned this during the presentation, but they mentioned so much. I missed this bit. The Spider-Man cartoon is the new season is coming. It's going to be a Maximum Venom season of the Spider-Man cartoon dealing with Venom and his ooze. So they're tying into that media. But then he makes a good point. He says, plus there's something that just makes a really fun toy about it. Just having Venom, Captain America, and things sometimes can just be a fun toy. Oh, I mean, yeah, it's like the new zombie craze. You know what I'm saying? Like years ago, we were getting zombie versions or dead versions of all these characters. Well, here's Venom. He's in the universe. Venomize everybody. I love it. Then I asked about the X-Men movie figures, and I said, all right, is this a one-and-done thing? Because I was really excited. I told them before the interview, I said they gave me chills twice during <laughs> their presentation. And they were like, what two points? I said, well, the first was when you did the HasLab bit. And he says, okay, what was number two? I said, number two is you're going through the X-Men figures, and you said you had another one, and I was sitting in my chair, and I was literally saying out loud, Marjorie can vouch for this. I was going, please be Mystique, please be Mystique, please be Mystique. And they brought up Mystique. <laughs> so I was really happy that they're doing X-Men for the 20th anniversary of the movie. So I was like, is this a one and done, or can there be more? And a second question I asked is, 
could maybe two years from now, where we're at the 20th anniversary of Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi film, might we get that outfit, which I still think is kind of the coolest Spider-Man outfit ever put on film. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you got to believe that that's something that they're considering, especially now that we know that when they go back to these movie lines again, like we've seen them do, that that Spider-Man, that original Spider-Man outfit has to be something they want to do in six inch because they didn't get a chance to do it back in the day. They were in that weird, like five inch scale between three and three quarter and six inch. So I'm sure there's people ready to get that going. Yeah. So, you know, they said what is usually said when you ask about them, they said that it's not necessarily done. They don't have any more planned at the moment, but if it's what fans want, if it, you know, this is the answer you hear a lot, but if it's what people want, if these do well, then things are open. Now, during the second interview that I did, I did it with a couple of other collecting sites, MU Review, as well as Toy Arc, and, and I really apologize, I don't speak French, but I believe it's Grenassia.com, and they were asked similar questions to the one that I didn't get recorded. And so here's what they answered on that interview regarding future X-Men toys, as well as, you know, toys for even older properties like Spider-Man and his amazing friends or Bill Bixby and the Incredible Hulk. You know, we all love those old films uh, from Fox and um, who knows what the future kind of holds for us. If this thing is a runaway, you know, huge hit and then our partners at Marvel are cool with it, like we could look to go back and do more but you know we have we don't have it all mapped out unfortunately so like cyclops the bl the black leather that was i was pushing for that oh, this year but i couldn't get it you really do pay attention to like the boards and everything like that so if you feel like if there's a lot of demand from the fans that like we could shift timelines and things of that nature so the more you guys are passionate about yeah we want this character from like this era or this team like more fox stuff more fox stuff like we do pay attention to those things and we can kind of work together as a team on how we can meet those demands yeah i wouldn't say there's anything preventing us i mean if, if it's been associated with marvel that's within scope for us it's just for some of those older properties it's just um a little bit more legwork some some things need special agreements um we had to you know, do some of that stuff for the Fox movie X-Men, for example. Mm -hmm. So it's just finding that that balance of what we want to focus on and just kind of bandwidth for the team. You know, Marvel releases more movies than ever. We've got video games becoming increasingly important. We've got streaming TV shows on Disney Plus. So we would have to, like, take some of that attention and, and time to go unlock those older properties, which is definitely possible. People love to speculate on what we are or are not allowed to do, and it's Pretty much feel like we're allowed to do most anything if, if we wanted to and if everyone was aligned. So our partners, too, need to make sure that it kind of leans into what they want to focus for the year right. uh, as well. So it's, it's just finding the right time for everything. We've talked about that. We've talked about, you know, loving to see a Lou Ferrigno Hulk at some point, you know, down the line. All of those things would be awesome uh, in toy form because so many of them were toys that we had when we were children, but we haven't seen them in a modern, you know, age. So, yeah, it's more just kind of working with Marvel and our partners to make sure that they're cool with us exploring some of these fringe pieces of the universe. But, you know, Disney Plus has got a ton of stuff on it that, you know, it's being now exposed to a whole new generation. So who knows what else they'll be putting on that in the years to come. And as it gets, you know, as fans get excited or remember things from the past that, 
you know, may have uh, dropped out of your mind's eye. We're totally open to exploring it. I think it, there's a lot of cool stuff out there that I'd like to see from my childhood made into toy form. And I'm sure that's the cool thing about every one of us. We're all different ages and we all watched or, you know, we're exposed to this stuff in different ways. And every one of us has something that it has a special meaning to us that we'd love to see created uh, if and when the stars align. Lou Ferrigno, uh, Paul Rudd, I love you, man, Tupac. <laughs> no, we got the, you know, the entire library to dive into. We've talked about, you know, the Spider-Man and his amazing friends. We've talked about, uh, you know, more true to life X-Men uh, animation characters done through unique deco uh, schemes to kind of recreate that cell animation. You know, the entire library is open to us. So, you know, it's just trying to find when the right time is to explore something new. So always an opportunity to do something like that. Spider-Man Amazing Friends would be awesome. I'd love to get some to some of the characters in that show. Uh, I know we've given you a nice or multiple Spider-Man and a couple of Icemen, but there's still some key par- characters missing. So I'd, uh, I'd love to get to those. I want to do a uh, Spider-Man meme two-pack where it's just the two of them pointing at each other. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, so maybe, maybe I'll get my way uh, someday for that. Yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, we, we talk about the same or similar discussions about different artists in the comic book. So, you know, um, every once in a while we try a style or a, a specific look that we try to capture A, B, C, whatever amazing illustrator back in the days, you know, style and, and toy form. So I think the animation uh, goes into that same category as there's a lot of great stuff out there. I'd love to hit as much of it as possible uh, in time. And actually, some people on the team are really big fans of Spider-Man and his amazing friends. So, um, yeah, we're <laughs> uh, fan. Spoiler. Uh, no, but <laughs> uh, more to come. More to come. Anyone in particular you want to see out of those lines? You know, I say Marvel Legends Ms. Lion. Ooh, that's a deep dive. <laughs> You got it in the MU line. That or, you know, I used to get nightmares about Spider-Man and his amazing friends, about the guy who tried to steal Spider-Man's powers, and instead he turned into Man-Spider, where he, like, had the torso of a man, but the body of a spider and shot webs out of his mouth. That thing gave me nightmares when I was, like, six. (laughs) Yeah. I I can't imagine why. Now it's giving me nightmares. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, hey, I wouldn't mind them just doing something like we got in the... The old Marvel Universe line, that three-pack, you know, with, with Iceman and a cool Spider-Man. I mean, really, as they said, they've done a lot of Spider-Mans. They've done several Icemans. Really, just, I think all we need is a Firestar, right? Right. That's Yeah, that's where I was heading with that, is Firestar's the only one kind of missing. But, like, if they're going to do it, then, like, go ahead and make them really cartoony. Bright, bright, basic colors. And that's what they were saying, that when you were talking about Beast, they said they talked about doing really cell-shaded versions of the X-Men characters, well, might we sometimes see a multi-pack of the X-Men cartoon? That premiered in, what was it, 1992? So in two years, we're coming up on the 30th anniversary of that cartoon. Could we get a multi-pack with this beast and the smiling head in the really bright blue, the way Diamond has done the mini busts and the way Kodo did those artifact statues? I wonder now. Yeah. Hmm. The last question I got to ask them at the show floor that didn't get recorded, you know, they talked a lot about the Black Widow Deluxe figure 
and the stand. And Ryan Ting himself had really been designing and pushing the stand that allows for in-flight poses or acrobatic poses, leap poses, you know. It reminds me a lot of the stands that we see with the fig yards or some of those other stands you can buy at Big Bad Toy Store and things, but it comes with the Black Widow. And they were also talking about how the blast effects can be put on that Dr. Doom figure to make a Doom bottom. Like, so what about just selling stands or accessory packs instead of, you know, needing to buy five Black Widow figures just so I could have five really cool stands? <laughs> I agree, though. That stand is pretty cool. Well, apparently this was Ryan's passion project. He was really excited to talk about the stands and that the stand was finally coming out. And so I got the impression that, you know, they didn't have any specifics, but they were looking at ways to get the stands out there to fans so that you could have them to use with other figures instead of just having to buy figures just to get the stands. Because hmm. I suggest, you know, I'm thinking Hasbro Pulse or something would be a good way to get some awesome stands out there so you can have Iron Man flying above, you know, the other Avengers or whatever, because it allows for a lot of dynamic poses. And then, yeah, I mean, we used to make fun of the blast effects and things, but they've really come a long way to the point where if they're making these blast effects for multiple figure use, be nice to be able to get some. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I mean, NECA already does that. I mean, they sell individual stands, and I think you can pick them up at Target sometimes in that special collector's area. So I wouldn't mind Hasbro hopping into that, especially since they have it tooled and it's coming out with a figure already. You, you can't have just one. We need to be able to grab a pack of those. This one definitely looks more sturdy and, like, it's not going to fall over the weight of a of a figure. Yeah, that was my feeling was, you know, the figure arts are lighter than Legends, you know? They're just, they don't have the heft of some of these Legends, so to have one that was made to stand with these figures, I'd buy a lot of them, for sure. Now, the second interview had Dwight and Ryan plus Dan Yoon and master figure sculptor Tony Colella with them, and so here, you know, I'm not putting every question in here. I don't want to step on the toes of the other sites that took place. You can look at MU Review and Toy Arc and Granacia.com. My first question, though, was they showed so much at Toy Fair, and we're going to be going through it. How much percentage-wise this year in the number of figures were revealed? Hey, Arnie, this is Dan. I love your podcast, so props to you guys. Um, I'll say that at New York Toy Fair, we try to bring a lot of things that are special, uh, but we also like to keep and save some items, you know, for all the massive other events that are throughout the year. So we got San Diego Comic-Con, New York. Uh, Comic-Con and a bunch of the other new conventions that we're going through throughout Latin America and Europe. So I would say, though, that we did reveal a lot. So maybe if I had to put a number, probably around 60% of our items for uh, 2020. But just keep in mind that we always like to give a sneak peek of like what's going to happen in the following year. So, yeah, stay tuned. So we got a lot more to buy this year. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, considering we're only just now in March. Wow. We, a lot to look forward to yet. Yeah, it's. I think we may outdo this year in the number of figures against last year. The other thing I asked, when I was taking pictures, there was an area of the floor 
that not a lot of people were going to, and there were figures that I didn't hear anybody talk about. I found some Gamerverse 2-packs with Abomination and Outback Hulk, and I'm like, they looked kind of like the 3 and 3 quarter inch 2-packs that came out for Spider-Man with Spider-Man and Mr. Negative and things, so I thought I'd ask them about those. Sure. So actually, you speak like they weren't like hidden in the corner. They just were there. <laughs> um, but the fans didn't necessarily uh, flock to it as much as the Legends wall. But yeah, so that's the um, essentially like the kid targeted uh, game reverse line. So they are the six inch scale figures. They're not they're actually larger than you remember, but um, they're kind of in scale with the movie six inch figures. Yeah. We've been doing for the past couple years for Endgame and Infinity War, but they're based on those characters kind of new looks from the video game. So there was like a blue Iron Man, um, like a black and black and gold Iron Man and those types of figures. So there's there's an assortment of single figures and then two two packs, I believe. Um, and those are going to be releasing closer to the video game actual release in the fall. But um, we just brought them out to Toy Fair to show kind of early on to get people kind of hyped up um, and show the complete offering for the video game. And then the Legends Wave is actually, you know, the Legends Wave that's up for pre-order now um, we'll be launching a little bit earlier in the springtime. All right. Thank you, Ryan, for explaining that. I, You know, Jesse Falcon can be an int intimidating man, and he was standing in front of that corner. I think that's why nobody was going over there for photos. <laughs> and so that's why I was saying it was kind of tucked away. And I may be remembering them a little small, but it's so hard to tell scale when they're not next to him. And because Hulk and Abomination were the two I really saw, and they were bigger figures, I was hoping for three and three quarter inch scale. What can I say? But I always have been liking the, you know, they called it a six inch scale, but I really think those kid figures are, you know, legends I consider six inch. And I think like the other ones are kind of more five inchy. Yeah. yeah, I thought that those were five inch, not six inch. And they're different scale, but also different level of obviously articulation, but detail. But I like these Game Reverse figures in that it looks like they've got, you know, at least articulated elbows and shoulders and things. And to get, I think this Outback Hulk and this Abomination from the video game will work with three and three quarter inch figures because those are big characters anyway. Yeah, and they're always kind of fudging scale, you know. I mean, who, who can say exactly how tall Abomination is? Exactly. Especially in a video game. Yeah. Now, my next question was... You know, they finally showed the modern Rogue, and I was really excited. As everybody knows, I've been one of the biggest advocates for all of the lost figures from Blade to Phoenix Force Cyclops to, yes, Rogue. They finally put it out, but her hair was all brown. And, you know, Rogue's kind of known for that white streak. So I thought I'd ask them about that. No, we've been working with Marvel Publishing to have them go back and revisit the character. and like discriminate or bring in any weird ageism to this character so we asked if the gray streak could be removed from her hair and they were totally 100 percent on board with us because they thought that was a great idea um or we might have just uh missed that in a presentation sample and uh there's a good chance that there'll be a gray streak so it's one of those two it could go either way with um a hair dye product yes line yeah. Uh, Too top secret for us to bring out any names. Our, you know, our partners don't really want us to go there just yet. But yeah, you know, we got some, some cool stuff. As I get more gray in my in my beard uh, every year, um, in in many cases because of you guys and all of your, you know, online uh, stress that you guys bring to my life. You know, we thought this would be a good partnership to have. Don't lie, it's like marketing stress. Marketing team. It's marketing stress. <laughs> <laughs> 
well, there was Rogue, and there was the other one was uh, Storm's Gauntlets was a big one too that uh, some people thought were not correct. But uh, I think we will be addressing everything to make people happy. Uh, we did rush like a lot of those reveals at Toy Fair were hand painted prototypes. They weren't even like at EP yet. True. Um, and then we had to take photographs of those to distribute afterwards. So it was all a, a very fast process. But um, these guys are too good to uh, you know have those kinds of things slip up for final production. So. Well, ask a stupid question, get a stupid answer, I suppose. <laughs> you know, I there could be some comic that she dyed her hair. I don't know, but okay. So she's going to have the hair corrected by the time she comes out. So uh, let me try to recover from the dumb question by asking a smarter one. When they're talking about the old man Hawkeye and the new articulation, you know, on our very last show, we were reviewing the Fantastic Four wave and I myself was like, look at the big hole in Thing's leg. I didn't like the pinhole there for the articulation. And you guys were like, every figure has that. Every figure has that. Well, not a few days after we recorded that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It was a little serendipitous. I was kind of cringing in my seat. So I'm like, oh crap, we're never going to hear the end of this. <laughs> but what Dwight had said when he was announcing that when they were trying out the pinless technology on the joints, they're just testing it. So I'm like, well, a test means it could be good or bad. This just sounds good to me. So what's the downside of it? Oh, good question. Um, the, the downsides for this new technology are when you create an upper and a lower arm that is built in this fashion, you can't swap off pieces which means I can't put a different forearm on with a different upper arm. And as you know, with Legends, we do a lot of mixing and matching of bits and pieces to do other versions of the characters down the line. Um, this process does not allow for that. Pretty much whatever thigh is keyed for a shin, that is always the way that tool has to be used. So that's some of the limitations to this technology. You know, it's uh, got a lot of positives that definitely outweigh this when you plan for it but it does uh, not allow us to have as much flexibility in tool usage going forward with this new, uh, this new technology. So that's interesting. I never even considered that you wouldn't be able to mix and match calves and hips. Yeah, I mean, everything they've done up to now has been somewhat, you know, piecemeal and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, I bet that is a consideration. I just don't know how much of a hindrance it's going to be. I mean, if you're, if you're making a new pinless thing for a medium-sized body, well, why can't they just be used across multiple characters? So it, it depends on how much sculpting there is. You know, with that, with that new old man Hawkeye, yeah, it seems very much about that character. But, like, if they were just going to do, you know, a standard caped tights type of character, well, that's, that's going to work across the line. True. But I also like that they're doing it with some of the female figures, too, as we're going to talk about. I think I, I'm excited to see it. But, yeah, I don't think we'll ever be able to, again, be like, well, that's this person's shins and this person's feet and that person's upper. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of those things I'm definitely excited to see in person, how, how that works out. I actually feel like buying one just so I can break it apart and look at the technology inside. Is that wrong to get like lobster crackers out and take it to the figure? You wouldn't even need to do that. If you got a sawzall with a fine blade, you'd be able just to do a saw in the middle or take a table saw and you can make a cross section of the figure to see the inside. I want to do that. Can I... That's a YouTube channel right there. Hell yeah, it is. Can I have a table saw? <laughs> and then just to end the interviews here, they were discussing with some of the other sites 
about figures that don't match the films and how they work with the studios. And this kind of tied back to what we were talking about with Cull Obsidian when we did our Build-A-Figure show just a few weeks back. So I thought this might be of interest to listeners. I found it really interesting. So here's them discussing you know, how they work with Marvel Studios and getting the designs and getting the figures out. We work really closely with uh, Marvel Studios and Disney to figure out what the right characters are. And once our side and Marvel side is happy with those selections, then we sit down and try to figure out, you know, um, the rollout. Uh, who's going to be in wave one? Um, you want stuff to hit a little bit on shelf before a movie, uh, but you don't want to be too far out. The nice thing about working with the studio side is that their dates are pretty set. Uh, so we know when those movies are hitting, so that gives us a very firm uh, date for us to try to build backwards from to uh, have our products launch uh, in unison with a film. Um, the big challenge is finding out what characters are holdbacks, what are those special surprises in a film that the studio does not want out until everybody in the world has had a chance to see it. Um, and that means some of the characters that we might want to do get pushed into a later wave in the year, a wave two or a wave three. Um, it's funny. I mean, the, the studios are, 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 are kind of cool with this, but they like sometimes not even for us to be out right after the film. They want it to be out further than that still so that not just has the movie released, but they feel that, a, you know, the most of the viewing audience has had an opportunity to see it. So they don't like spoilers in toy form um, ever. But, um, you know, definitely they, they like to protect that window around the film so that you, uh, the, the fans going and putting your hard-earned money down to see the movie, has a chance to walk in and be surprised without uh, a toy or anything in consumer products ruining that experience or something special that might be happening. And I think a good example of that from last year, right, was Avengers Endgame. So the Wave 2 Build-A-Figure, which was the Hulk, and then actually in actually Wave 3 had the gauntlet piece, right? Mm -hmm. Because the, the Avenger power gauntlet was a big holdback. And then similarly, Bro Thor, or whatever you want to call him, the Thor Build-A-Figure from Wave mm -hmm. 3, that look was very top secret. It was such a fun reveal. And all the movie marketing, if you go back and look at it, it was actually, they didn't reveal that that was going to be his look after the time jump. So all the movie marketing had Thor from Infinity War. So it's just kind of like making sure we're leaning into when the studio wants to um, have certain things come to light. There's been a few of them that we didn't get quite right. Um, we start on our process so far in advance of where Marvel's timelines uh, align to that sometimes we have to go off of concept art and concept art only to create a character. Ideally, we'd love principal photography of every actor in their final costume, you know, with 360 turns as well as 3D files, but that's not always an opportunity for us. So when we have to take a character, um, I think the, the most recent one that was probably the furthest off was uh, Call Obsidian from uh, the Avenger films. His concept art was what we created in, in our toy, but then much later in the process, they ended up uh, scrapping that design and going with a more clothed version, um, as we saw in the films. Uh, his proportions were the same, his, his lightness in his face was pretty much the same, and same with his like arms and his detailing, but much of his costume was uh, covered up or his body was covered up with clothing that was not the original concept art that we based our toy off of. So I think that's one of them that I can think of most recently that was pretty far off. Um, still an awesome toy, and the cool thing about that one was his concept art was very much how he looked in comics. 
So while it may not have been a movie accurate version of Call, it gave you a pretty awesome uh, classic version. So in that case, it was, you know, kind of a fortuitous problem to have because it still worked for a lot of our fans. I think another big one was like uh, Avengers Endgame, the quantum suits, which were throughout the development, the reference changed several times. And that's kind of why we ended up white in the movie and the suits were a little bit more on the grayish side. And I think that affected all licensees similarly. And that's just one of those things where the movie makers, you know, make a late call. And then if we get the chance to go back and address it in the future uh, through programs such as the first 10 years, which we Mm -hmm. did in 2018, um, we can do that. The paint decoration can change a lot just from concept art. So sometimes we can't get it right the first time. And there's kind of like a trick to painting some of these figures and what people are seeing on screen and then what we're seeing in photography of just the costumes in a different lit room. Say like uh, Thanos from Infinity War when he was on that red planet. That whole uh, skin tone kind of changed. and Everyone was a little up in arms about uh, what he was going to look like in the film. And then when you see it and you see him go through all these different locations, you kind of get a balance of what he actually looks like. So a lot of that goes into uh, painting these uh, prototypes and trying to figure out which is the right shade of uh, purple for Thanos or, uh, you know, sometimes we'll get a second chance. Sometimes we'll get a, a third chance. Yeah. I mean, there's some stuff that comes out in the films that we don't even know about till we go to the film and, and see it. Um, we'll get uh, script reads or synopsis prior to a film, but often pages are redacted because uh, they want to make sure that they keep those super secrets close to their uh, chest. And in some cases we go to a film and there's things that we see in the film that we kind of look at each other uh, dumbfounded, like I did not know that was going to happen. And that's so awesome. And now we have to, you know, often we'll have our pencils and papers. And as soon as the movie's over, we're writing down everything that we saw that we didn't know about. So we can figure out how and when we can get those pieces implemented into a line to get them out there. Cause we, you know, once you see it, you know, if it's going to be hot or not. And we want to figure out that how we can get those things out to you as quickly as possible. And I always, I always uh, feel bad that for all the people sitting around me and Dwight in those theaters, uh, whenever we're watching one of those new movies, it's just uh, me and him nudging each other and whispering, uh, oh, we got to do that, we got to do that, or some sort of new costume comes on the screen. So, uh, you know, pretty disruptive, but we're getting work done. I think there is a greater demand a fan demand for product tied to these films and an expectation. If you just look at the Legends line um, that these guys were working on, you know, 10, 10 plus years ago, it was, it was a lot smaller. So we've grown in, in scope of the items we're doing and just the sheer number of figures in the past, you know, five years most recently. So I'd say, yeah, like anytime there's a new big entertainment initiative, Marvel and Disney look to their, to their key toy partners, such as Hasbro. And we support um, the best way we can, whether it's in Legends, of course. Um, Also, you have animation, things like Spider-Man Maximum Venom, which we uh, showed the kid line. I mean, there's Legends and kid kid items for that, but that's a big animation push, so we developed a line around it. So as much as we can, and, you know, video games too, going back to that Avengers video game and, you know, the Spider-Man video game from a couple years back now. Disney Plus too, I think it's safe to assume that there will be Hasbro product around that when the time mm-hmm. comes, as we're still learning more about about those shows like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, we work very closely with the uh, studios. We have meetings throughout the course of the year with the multiple producers on the different uh, properties that uh, Marvel assigns uh, You know, a lot of amazing team members to. Um, and they're always very gracious to give us time to have uh, video conferences with them uh, once, twice, a couple times a year, depending on you know what's coming up. 
and they'll take us through directly what's uh, happening in the film or the television series that they think is uh, new and noteworthy for us to focus on. And they're very open uh, to kind of keep us in the loop as things evolve and change throughout the process. In the old days uh, of working on Marvel, um, 10 to 12 years ago, we had probably a little bit more direct interaction with the studio as far as uh, storyboarding with them and drawing up concepts that we would love to see put into the films. That doesn't happen uh, as much anymore, not to say that it couldn't, but the, the uh, Marvel juggernaut is so massive and, and powerful and they have so much incredible talent on all the different uh, pieces of it and they understand what they're making above and beyond uh, just a film so well. That I don't think they need us for design uh, work per se, but uh, like on Cap and uh, Captain America, the first Avenger, we actually sent a design team out to work with the studio and we worked in the uh, uh, design house with them, uh, storyboarding uh, pieces of the film that would allow for some cool toyetic moments. Um, and uh, uh, Stephen Prasard was the uh, producer on that project, and he worked directly with us to kind of pitch things back and forth, which was an incredible, awesome experience, because I never thought that that would have been something I'd ever have a chance to do. Uh, and that happened very early on in, in Marvel, which was so cool, and I still enjoy uh, those memories today. Um, it's cool when you're surrounded by these incredibly talented people and illustrators that are making the films and when you can kind of show your thinking to a group like that it's uh it's really rewarding um and uh yeah uh we're you know as being partners with marvel we're always open for those opportunities again if the, if the, the opportunity would arise so thanks to dwight ryan dan and tony for their time as well as the people at the PR company, Deanna, for setting all this up. I've had a blast getting all of these questions answered. It's great, you know, when you're at Toy Fair, I often feel like a deer in the headlights, and I was asking listeners questions 100% for that because I didn't have time to formulate my own questions. But by the time we rolled around to the phone interview, I was able to put some stuff together and really get to that. Nice. So let's look at what all they revealed. I mean, yes, we talked a little bit about the child's toys. They went over this so fast during the presentation. I was like, there's a wah, <laughs> but <laughs> there's a Spider-Man jet quarters coming out. <laughs> a what? For the little kids line. You know, these are those figures. I see them all the time. And I, I honestly, I keep waiting for a sale, but I will buy that Hulk when it hits around the $6 price point. It, it's MSRPs around 10 and then, yeah, we talked about the Maximum Venom toys. There's just something about the one that looks like it's got already the coronavirus and the snotch just going way out that nose. I mean, that's that's Corona Venom. <laughs> you know, slime's quite a popular thing now, so I, I can't blame anybody for getting in on the game with slime, and Venom is a perfect opportunity for that. So, heck yeah, give me a slimy Venom. And then they have the Bend and Flex figures. We're actually going to be doing a review of those as... Listeners may know Marjorie has a thing for Bendems. I love Bendems. They are the most awesome toy created in the 90s. 
I'm glad you prefaced that and not like all time. No, not all time. But I, I have a near full collection carded of Star Wars Bendoms. And you have started picking up for me just for random gifts a lot of the Marvel ones. You have almost all of them. And I have Harry and the Hendersons as well. If you like articulation, you can't complain about a Bendem. Right? Because you can move them in any position you want. <laughs> and they almost stay. They do stay. <laughs> the problem now is the plastic on the outside is breaking down and getting sticky on them. Oh, yeah. Well, we're going to find out if Bend and Flex bends it like Bendems with a review coming up in the near future. Because I picked up the entire Spider-Man wave for Marjorie to review. Ooh. Did you buy me the Captain America one? Is that in the wave? Well, no, I said I bought the Spider-Man wave. Yeah, so why didn't you buy me the Captain America one? Because I found the Spider-Man wave. So I need to go pick up the Captain America. And you I, were at the store and said, here's the Captain America one. I said, buy it. You said, no. Okay. Because we discussed waiting for those to go on sale because they were like 12 bucks. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's expensive, right? <laughs> yeah. But let's get to the main topic here. Marvel Legends 2020. And Justin, I think you basically recreated their slide deck, right? I mean, <laughs> there we are talking about the uh, movies coming out this year. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, you know trying to start where they started and figure out what's going on, you know? So I guess if what we're going to talk about is what's coming out, we need to cross out the Eternals for now, because that's person non grata yet. We're not going to talk about that. They're not showing us anything. That's part of the 40% we don't know about yet. Yeah. <laughs> but they, they did talk about, you know, things that are already out. And, you know, we just reviewed the Fantastic Four wave and that's available Literally everywhere. I think you can go down to 7-Eleven and pick them up. Then they showed us the other wave that's currently out at stores, the Spider-Man wave, which we probably need to do a review on here at some point. Sooner rather than later, but those are nice figures that are also everywhere. We have a GameStop closing in our town. I could have gotten most of this wave at 40% off yesterday. Wow, that's crazy. But then we get into what's coming soon. And by coming soon is the wave that... I feel like we've been seeing this way for almost two months now, you know, that it's coming and we've we've known everything that's coming out in it and it hasn't been much of a surprise. I think we've even kind of talked about it already. So this new Black Widow wave should be hitting pretty soon. I mean, it's a March wave. We're in March now. So I'm, I'm guessing these are going to start showing up real soon. Yeah, we got four movie-based figures, three comic-based figures, build the Crimson Dynamo there, and... You know, I think it's good that we're getting a comic-based Winter Soldier out. I think this is the first one since the Toys R Us 2-pack like this, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that goes back a ways that he, he needs an update to match everything else that's been updated. So good to see him sneaking in here with this other wave. But I'm pretty excited about that Taskmaster. I'm always partial to these movie line figures, and that, that looks pretty darn cool. He does. I'm... I feel like there's a secret under that mask that I'm waiting <laughs> for the movie. You know, the toy won't have it, but I'm waiting for the movie to show it to me. Mm -hmm. And then there's a couple of, you know, figures that aren't part of the wave, but are part of the Black Widow line. We got the Target exclusive White Widow and the Walmart exclusive Gray Widow. And I've had real bad luck with Walmart exclusives. I feel damn lucky I got my Gray Widow ordered. <laughs> it only took me, what, four months to get Worthy Cap? Yeah, it's like when they either show up like early and they're easy to get or they show up early and they're hard to get. And then like six months later, they're just sitting around. But Worthy Cap did both because it was just sitting around some Walmarts and never back at ours. <laughs> 
I, I do enjoy the fact that they're changing up the packaging a little bit here. The colors are kind of cool. You know, a white package for the white suit and gray for the gray suit. One of my favorite things are packaging changes. I love it, love it, love it when they change packaging because it's, you know, there's something new to catch your eye at when you're looking for stuff. Oh, speaking of packaging changes real quick, just a quick aside. Have you noticed that they went back to the old style with the window attached to the box rather than that tray that sits over the insert? I didn't notice, but now that you've brought it out, yes. <laughs> I, as I was folding my boxes flat for storage, because I do that, yes, the windows stayed attached now. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, I didn't mind the changeover, but now that they're back to it, I'm kind of glad they are, because some of those boxes, the cardboard was starting to bow away from the window. And then a regular release, a movie figure... Black Widow in the white outfit movie style. White Widow. And this is where that, that stand is going to come for the first time, is with, with this White Widow figure. Right, and the stand looks way better in person than it does on this picture, just because, you know, it's against the background here, and you can't really see it's all good detail, but it was very good in person. I don't think we're looking at a photo here. This looks like a 3D model to me, like something okay, out good. of AutoCAD or something. Because <laughs> it doesn't look right. <laughs> And this is also where I believe they said the blast effects were coming from that you could use to turn Doom into a Doom bot. Is there no other difference between Doom and a Doom bot other than the Doom bot can fly? Maybe. And they don't have as many capes, I guess. I did Google this, and it does look like Doom bots are just, you know, decoys of Doom, so they would look the same. I just think back to the Toy Biz Marvel Legends Doom bot, though, which looked all wonky. Mm. But yeah, this figure should be hitting any time. So... The Avengers game that we've been seeing and hearing about for a while, it's finally getting closer to being here, and they're starting to get some figures to support the line now. I think, you know, these figures are coming out pretty soon, but the game got pushed back not that long ago. Ooh. It was supposed to come out in May, which I think is, you know, around the time we're going to start seeing these figures hit, but it's a video game. Video games aren't movies. Video games almost always get delayed. It's now coming out for my birthday in September. Yay for you. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm going to say this right up front. I like video games, and I like Avengers, and I like action figures, and I, I will most likely buy these. But just the art choice is its just a little unsettling to me. It feels like, like you idiots, you captured their stunt doubles. Because it's so close <laughs> to looking like the movie guys but just <laughs> off by a notch yeah it's, it's like you hired the impersonator to come to your kid's birthday party <laughs> it's what you see walking around the disney park instead of what's on the screen yeah <laughs> i mean it worked for spider-man for the ps4 because he has a mask he has new suits captain america not so much well, uh, these characters are much older, of course, than the movies and have had so many representations and incarnations. But I get what you mean about the video game art, where it does look like a poor representation of the 2012 movie and Kamala Khan is photobombing them. <laughs> the figures themselves, I mean, you know, they said that there's a ton of different skins for the characters in this game, and I don't doubt it. I mean... That's just what they do with every game these days. What I thought at first it was that we were getting all of these figures were from the game, especially when we get to Mach 1, which is in, we'll get to in a second. 
But no, there's only three video game figures in this wave, plus the Build-A-Figure. Iron Man, Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan, and Cap are the three. And Cap's kind of in that stealth outfit, the blue. Those three are in the video game suits. Yeah. And hey, they're brand new figures, except for, you know, Ms. Marvel. That I think we got her back a couple years ago. Yeah. The updated paint scheme here. But yeah, I mean, it's a completely new sculpted suit for Iron Man, and it's like Riot Gear Cap, so... It's not like they cut corners on the figures. It's it's basically just if you're into the game or not, whether or not these are going to do anything for you. I'll just say right now, nothing here is grabbing me the way the white spider on the Spider-Man outfit grabbed me for the PS4. I think that the Spider-Man game had unprecedented video game success as far as the figures, everything with it. I mean, there was a huge launch for that at GameStop. There were water bottles, paraphernalia, shirts, you name it. They're going to try that with this too. Yes, that's what I think if Spider-Man hadn't been what it was, we wouldn't have this. With Spider-Man, they finally succeeded in having the Marvel version of the Arkham Asylum Batman games that DC has. And now they're thinking this will be the same thing, even though it's a totally different studio and everything. They're just hoping, you know what? If the game is quality, then these outfits are going to win me over. But with the Spider-Man game, I was into that outfit before I ever put the game in the system. Oh, you had Gaga eyes over that. But then I played the game and the game was rocking. Yes. Yes. And you still played the game. (laughs) Yes. So here, yeah, like you said, Justin, I'll get them, but the designs themselves... The game will have to win me over to make me warm to them. A fan. Yeah, for sure. That's that's where I'm at. But the rest of the figures, this is really just an Avengers wave of figures. And I didn't realize that because I'm looking at this. I'm like, who is this blue mech? I don't know who Mach 1 is. I'm just going to say I thought it was going to be something for the video game. I'm like, it looks video <laughs> gamey enough. And I was so excited. I thought the leader was going to be in the game. <laughs> Nope, but hey, we need a new leader figure, and hey, if this is where they can slot them in, great, because it's been a long time. With everything coming out, I'm going to say this wave has me just moderately excited. You know, I'm not going to be haunting Walmarts at midnight trying to find these off of a pallet. I feel like this entire wave will be pretty easy to pick up once it starts hitting. The leader figure is the one that has me most excited, having seen it in person, The fact that they're kind of bridging the gap between the classic leader figure who was just an egghead and then the McFarlane leader that had all the veins in the head and things. They got just some veins kind of poking out and the head gets a little bulbous. You know, I just think the Build-A-Figure, though, unlike the previous video game figures, I love this style for Abomination with the spikes and everything. He kind of looks like Ultimate Green Goblin a lot, (laughs) but... I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's cool looking and some really great sculpting detail in there with all the scales and, like you said, the spikes and everything. So, yeah, and it, it looks really big. I mean, bigger, as big as, like, the movie Hulks we've been getting. And then, outside of the wave, we're still getting a couple other figures. Target exclusive, Star Boost Armor Iron Man. Disco Iron Man. He looks like he belongs at Studio 54. <laughs> Is it just me or am I like unrationally excited about this figure? Are you guys seeing this and being like, yes, finally Star Boost, or is it just me? It's not me, I'll say that. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's not me. This is the Star Boost 
that I've wanted because this, I don't know if it's exactly screen accurate, but it looks like a suit that was in Iron Man 3. There's a Hot Toys of it. There's a quarter scale version of it. Like I dig this because it looks different, but it's still Iron Man. You know, you can only do so many red and gold versions of Iron Man before I'm just like, eh, whatever. But this is something new and it's still familiar. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for this one. Now, they said that this is our first time getting actual space armor Iron Man. But didn't we get space armor Iron Man in the Guardians of the Galaxy 2014 wave? I mean, it wasn't white, but I thought that was space armor he was in. Yeah, I, I thought we talked about it being space armor. It was space armor Iron Man that we got in the Guardians wave. Thank you. And yeah, you're right. I did look. There was a Star Boost armor in Iron Man 3, but, you know, it looked comic inspired. It wasn't this suit. I like the Hot Toys design a lot more, but it's, you know, got a lot more detail to it. This, you know what, if they're they're going to keep putting out Iron Mans, I'm far more excited for this one than the one that's in the mainline wave. Yes. The figure that I just think needs to come with the Bloomin' Onion is Outback Hulk. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry, this figure makes me laugh. This figure looks like every single island native on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> <laughs> Like the face and body paint, does it? <laughs> <laughs> it really does. This figure is all kinds of wonky to me. And the only way to get it is to pre-order the Avengers game, not the deluxe edition of the game, but the regular edition of the game at GameStop and then pay <laughs> extra for this figure in that bundle. Yeah, I don't know. This one really isn't getting me too excited i mean it's obvious that it's a repaint of the movie hulk body which hey go for it you got to reuse parts whatever but then you get to the head sculpt and it, it's it's just weird it just looks like a dude or like a monster you know there's it's not screaming banner to me you know and that, that goes back to the game design i guess yeah here this is the thing with this figure again if in the game we come across hulk and he's living in australia <laughs> Putting some shrimp on the bobby. <laughs> I think the dingo ate the Hulk baby. That's a terrible accent, you know it. But it was a funny line, just a bad accent. Then I might actually come to absolutely love this outfit. But as it is, I'm like, wow, this is a hefty price to pay for this figure. But in the UK, we have some friends over there. This figure is just being sold as a figure. It's in the States that you have to get it with the game. So if you already have ordered, like me, the deluxe or collector's edition of the game, then you might be better off just paying the overseas prices for your Outback Hulk. Interesting. I, I might just play the super long game and either live without this figure or hope to find it at Ross one of these days in a couple years. It's possible you'll find it at GameStop because... We had, with the new Jedi Fallen Order game, some people just didn't pick up their figures and they ended up putting them out on the shelf. And so we were able to get a couple of those. Yes, so if you go like a day or two or the day of release to GameStop, there are people who bail on it because you only have to put a deposit down and I assume there's bad decisions made by some people and they weren't able to get it or they forget, but they will put those out there after a certain amount of time. So there is a chance of not having to do it, but you know, I Marjorie, cover your ears. Okay. I 
bought the collector's edition straight from Square Onyx for the game for the PS4. I was like, what the hell? Let me get the standard edition for the Xbox One, and then I'll get a Gamer Hulk. Just bird in the hand kind of thing. <laughs> okay, you can uncover your ears now. I heard that all. <laughs> <laughs> but then we get into some figures they've announced, but they didn't really define Waves 2, and they didn't even really go in order but I think we can kind of put some stuff together here. And the first being an Age of Apocalypse wave that has me more excited than I should be. <laughs> yeah, look, there's a Sugar Man. I love Sugar Man. I actually just, maybe a year and a half ago, we were at a toy show and I finally bought the Toy Biz Sugar Man brand new just because he was such a wacky figure. And I thought, there's no way they're gonna make this in the modern line, it's just too goofy. You know who else is a wacky figure? <laughs> Modok. We don't have a Modok in the modern line. I think Sugar Man, while he doesn't have you excited, does bode well for a Modok because this is this is the same type of style that a Modok build a figure would need. You know, that mm -hmm. two piece head and back of the head snapping together and the arms and everything. So if they figured out how to get him into packaging, that means Modok can fit in these packages as well. I realize that it's a stepping stone, but I feel like Modoc should have been the stepping stone to other more obscure figures. You did see how they had to pack Jean Grey in the figure, in the box with yeah, us, right? I did. She is literally sideways staring at the giant Build-A-Figure head. <laughs> That's pretty great. If you were trapped in a box with that, wouldn't you be staring at it? <laughs> <laughs> I just find it so funny. It's almost like they're selling most of Sugar Man and the accessory is a Jean Grey figure. <laughs> Aerobics Gene Gray. And I'm sorry, I can't not think this anymore, so I'm going to share it with everybody else. I saw in one of the Facebook groups, somebody pointed out, Morph, his pose here, he's doing the Carlton dance. Oh, man. <laughs> yes, he is. It's not unusual to be loved by anyone. So now that I have to see that every time I see this pose, you have to see that every time you see this pose. Yep. You got that slight head tilt. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I've seen some of these figures in person. They've started teasing this wave. It feels like San Diego last year, we started seeing a couple of them. Oh yeah, Morph for sure. Like I've been excited to get Morph since San Diego last year. So this wave has been teased out slowly over the course of the year. And now we finally get a full look at it. And I'm guessing this is probably a, a summer wave. And then they talked about another wave, the calling the Deadpool wave. And we knew, I saw these back at New York Comic Con. We had the blue Deadpool and Sunspot and Warpath coming out. Yeah, and, you know, the, the pictures they showed, looks like they're a little further along in production. Last time we were looking at, you know, hand-painted prototypes. These, these look like they're at least factory paint apps on them, so... Getting a little bit better look at what they're going to look like, and no no huge surprises. They all still look pretty good. And I think probably part of that same wave, I mean, we know we're getting Strong Guy and Black Dom Cassidy and Maverick. I'm sorry, you mean Tom Healy from There's Something About Mary, Matt Dillon's character. <laughs> kind of looks like that. <laughs> it's been bugging me ever since last week who he looks like, and it's Pat Healy from There's Something About Mary. It's just Matt Dillon's character. <laughs> he just needs the big chompers nice this maverick takes me back remember that three and three quarter inch deadpool wave 
that line we had back in the day? Not Deadpool. X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, X-Men Origins. Right. Yes. And the fact that Agent Zero was in there, but he never wore anything like this in the movie. Then they put this figure out in the three and three quarter inch line. And I, I this was when I started collecting Hasbro Marvel figures was that line. And so, yes, this really is hitting a nostalgia bone for me to be getting this in legend scale now. <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty good. I mean, getting to get the full articulation on it. Like, I remember that that three and three quarter inch was hindered by some weird articulation. But now I'm sure that's all going to be resolved. And then they said in some future wave... We're getting some Maximum Venom figures, and we got a Venomized Miles Morales and a Venomized Spider-Gwen or Ghost Spider. And then as a Walmart exclusive, another Captain America Walmart exclusive, we've got Venomized Captain America, who is clearly my favorite of the bunch with that Venom shield. And the starfish on his shield. (laughs) Right? It's a starfish. Yeah, with the little link fingers coming off the side of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. The ghost spider venom tongue is really strange, too, and I love it. Yeah, that, that whole hood thing is inspired. I, I love how they designed that. That's that's pretty cool. And she's still wearing her fashionable blue shoes. Ballet slippers. <laughs> but we don't know what else is coming in the wave with those two Spider-Man figures. I'm guessing there's a Spider-Man wave coming that we don't know about beyond the retro wave that they just announced to where they didn't really talk much about figures in it except for not costumed figures like Peter Parker. Yep, with his goggly glasses. Those things are some Coke bottles, man. (laughs) They are pretty bad. (laughs) I hope those glasses are removable because, you know, there are times when Bruce Banner in the comics was drawn with glasses like those where you just couldn't see through them. But I've read a lot of Spider-Man comics. I've never seen Peter Parker with opaque glasses like this. If they don't come off, he is only being displayed either with the half Peter Parker, half Spider-Man head, or one of the alternate Peter Parker heads from years past if it fits on that peg. (laughs) He he reminds me of the uh, generic nerd character from Robot Chicken. Yes! Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty excited about these kicks, though. Look at that. He's got some... Bright white tennies on there. The civvy clothes just keep on coming, don't they? Mm Mm-hmm. And then we're getting what they say is the first Gwen Stacy proper Legends figure. I mean, not counting Spider-Gwen or Ghost Spider or Gwenum or Gwenpool. Here we get actually Gwen Stacy and the knees. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm guessing those are the same legs that are on the Stepford Cuckoo's. And in person, it doesn't stand out that much. I think it's it's hard to photograph something like this and not notice the knee joints. The thing that gets me is they think you can just swap ahead and now you have Mary Jane? They had different clothes. Well, here they don't. <laughs> this isn't the Stepford Cuckoos. They didn't show up at the same place. And <laughs> I was like, maybe you could take the green coat off, but you can't because those arms are the green coat arms. And I was trying to think if they released another body that I could put the Mary Jane head on and they're doing like the silver main head thing, but I can't think of one. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it, at least it's there for an option. It's not going to make it or break it for me. I'm not going to not buy it because the head doesn't belong to anybody right now. <laughs> it's our first figure of the Trapper Keeper. That's true. And probably only, although she's got a book. So Beast is not alone. Yeah, and 
Parker comes with a camera, they're really getting into a fun type of accessory versus just the guns and the blast effects. And hands. Lots of hands. Well, if you want hands, look at the next Spider-Man, which they claim will dethrone Pizza Spidey as the most posable, articulated, in-demand Spider-Man. Yeah, they talked about it being a new body type for Spider-Man, so not a lot to go off of here because he's in kind of a wacky pose and then the shot in the packaging is just kind of neutral, so it's hard to see what they're talking about. But the pins are still present, but looks like they're getting quite a bit of bend out of that ankle, so it would be fun to see this in person and see how poseable he is. That pizza Spider-Man has been crazy on the secondary markets. It's almost as much as the old Toy Biz McFarlane Spider-Man, so... Anything to help people out so they don't have to pay those prices. What is the accessory in the package with him? I see some hands, but what's the thing in the upper right-hand corner of the bubble there? Well, he comes with an alternate head that has different eye expression on it. Oh, okay. It just it looks kind of squished with the tray around it, so I didn't know if it was supposed to be like a, like a mask that was taken off and somewhat flattened out, but it just I think it's just the lighting on that picture that's throwing me off. Yeah, because on display at the show, they had all the alternate heads. You know, Peter Parker had the alternate head, Gwen Stacy has the Mary Jane head, and this Spider-Man has a different head. All right. A cool addition to that retro line that they keep just kind of pumping out for us. And then they also teased what I have to believe are coming in the same wave. Old Man Hawkeye and Old Man Logan from two totally different comics. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Hawkeye was in Old Man Logan. It's the No Country for Old Men wave. Yes. <laughs> and there we see those pinless legs on Hawkeye making this figure of a decrepit archer my most excited figure for of the year. I think it's Chris Christopherson. <laughs> you know, without it. much work, you could make him Blade's Whistler. Oh, yeah. And there's a couple other X-Men figures, so I'm thinking we're getting another X-Men comic-based wave. Yeah, Weirdo Baymax. Nimrod. Yeah, I mean, this this is going to be, I don't know if this is a regular release or this is the Build-A-Figure for another X-Men wave. I would assume it's a Build-A-Figure, just looking at the size of it, right? Especially when they said it'll have alternate portraits, so you can have classic Nimrod or modern Nimrod. Hmm. But they were a little coy. I think we're going to find out more at Comic-Con. And then... They added clothes to one character and took some off the other, Rogue and Storm. <laughs> and Rogue, again, with the pinless legs. So I was I was a little confused. I thought this uh, Storm was something that we just got as that variant on the retro card. But no, this is the first appearance movie version Storm, right? No, this is Giant X-Men number one version. Oh, so it's based on the comic. Yes. Okay. Halle Berry never wore anything that revealing except in Catwoman <laughs> and, strangely, Swordfish. No, so this is the Giant Size X-Men number one cover there. And you know what they told me as part of the interview that didn't get recorded is they had built for Storm a giant lightning ball that would, like, she would be able to fly in. This giant lightning accessory was developed and then not able to be put in but maybe someday this giant lightning effect will find its way out to collectors oh right on as it is you're just getting kind of some lightning hands that are going to swap out with her <laughs> and then finally that modern rogue finally <laughs> another one checked off the list <laughs> even though 
I still did pick up a custom that looks almost identical to the one they were going to release. I, sh I should have photoshopped a streak of white hair in there for you. And then, unbelievable. I, I couldn't, I, I have no words. An X-Men movie wave of figures is coming? Yeah, this is pretty awesome. Yeah, this is great. Did they use photoreal technology for this? Yeah. Okay. That's how they. Okay. So it is Hugh Jackman Wolverine. And then we have Rebecca Romaine Stamos Mystique. Because we will never, ever have Jennifer Lawrence Mystique. No, 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 no. Diamond knows that pain all too well. I cannot stress how much this looks like Hugh Jackman in person. It's like tiny Hugh Jackman. This photo does not do it justice, even though this photo looks really good. You know. All I could think of when they showed this slide on the... You get Wolverine with that jacket he got from those old people. <laughs> from their dead son. So sad. <laughs> here's your motorcycle. Here's your jacket. Oh, we're dead. <laughs> and these claws look far more real than the ones in the bathroom scene in that movie. <laughs> you know, my brother had a leather jacket like this back in the day, right around the time this movie came out. <laughs> Never let him hear the end of it. <laughs> Kept calling him Wolverine all the time. Had little stripes on the sleeves and everything. Did he get it from an old couple in the barn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't ask, but I, I would not be surprised. Yeah, this, this really excites me that they're going back and doing some of these older movie versions that we never got before. Like, they were doing Marvel Legends when these movies came out, but uh, we won't talk about the quality of the sculpts at that point. I think my Walmart still has a Juggernaut Colossus 2-pack <laughs> from X-Men The Last Stand. Nice. <laughs> then we're getting a Zazie Beats Domino from Deadpool 2, as well as a Josh Brolin Cable from Deadpool 2 with the little teddy bear on his belt. And Cable is an exclusive figure. This makes me so happy because this, did you ever think that we were going to get Deadpool movie figures? Rated R movie figures from Hasbro. No. Here's the thing is, you know, they said, you know, if we look at the next one, there's a two pack of Deadpool with Negasonic Teenage Warhead. And they made a point to say this is the first movie based Deadpool Legends. This being a most accurate Deadpool Deadpool's my guy, and, like, I pick up on the details. And, yes, I mean, they nailed the movie likeness here. Like, he's wearing, like, that tactical suit with, like, the texture of that leather on him, you know? I mean, right down to every accessory they got directly off the screen. I mean, I'm looking at my Hot Toys Deadpool sitting on my shelf, and it looks, they look like dead ringers for one another. So I'm super excited that we're finally getting this movie version in the six-inch line. What I'm most excited for are the next ones. Do you guys remember what year we started Marvelicious Toys off the top of your head? 2010. Yes. So what was the first year we covered Toy Fair for Marvel? 2011. Okay, I wasn't sure when we started. I guess we didn't start in January, so okay. So 2011 was my very first time meeting a Mr. Jesse Falcon, and I had no idea who he was, but I was told I could interview him and talk about the Marvel toys. This was back in the David Vonner era. And I asked, because there had been the huge X-Men Origins Wolverine wave, and what movie came out in 2011? X-Men First Class. And so I asked, because I didn't see any on the showroom floor, 
Will there be toys tying into X-Men First Class? And you can go back into our archives and listen to one of our very first shows and hear Jesse say words I will never forget. And we're here with Jesse, Director of Merchandising from Marvel Comics. Hello, sir. Hi, buddy. How you doing? Good. There's another Marvel movie coming out this year that is X-Men, which I'm sure you guys have kind of an interesting relationship with because it's your property, but unlike the others, it's not your movie, and it's not getting as much merchandise representation. Well, uh, honestly, it, you know, we are doing some X-Men product, um, and it is first class in that you know, it's based on the first class program that Marvel Comics has developed. Um, and certainly the first class movie looks like it's going to be amazing, uh, but... If you look at the style of the film, people are basically wearing, they're not really, really wearing superhero suits for the majority of it, so uh, it's a little bit of a tougher thing to merchandise against um, when it comes down to you know, doing what's on film, uh, but we still are absolutely doing X-Men merchandise, uh, just based around classic. And you can almost hear my heart breaking on the microphone as I realize we're not getting any more Fox movie figures. And so the thought that I would ever get a James McAvoy, Charles Xavier, and a Michael Fassbender Magneto, I thought was just a pipe dream. I thought would never, ever happen. And now, nine years later, they deliver upon my dream. Wow, Arnie, that was quite a speech. <laughs> Wouldn't you be more excited? I don't want to pee on your dream. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't you be more excited if they came out with a wave, and maybe they still will, of... The actual blue and yellow flight suits from first class that they were wearing. Oh, hell yes. That would be great. Yes, but I get what they're doing here. They've got the interchangeable heads. So you can have Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart or James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender. I'm cool with that. But yes, I would absolutely love figures they will never make because my favorite X-Men movie is the one that made the least money. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the Patrick Stewart head here, he looks a little ragged. <laughs> he looks like the like Jean Grey's about to kill him, Patrick Stewart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could almost use that head to customize him into almost dead Professor X from Logan. Just a little bit of gray paint over that. <laughs> <laughs> Old Magneto on the totally ripped body of Fassbender Magneto is kind of weird. <laughs> It fits with the McAvoy one because they kept him kind of thin. You know, he didn't lift weights for this movie. But, I mean, it's kind of weird to see Ian McKellen on that jacked body on the action figure, right? It's specifically the packs, <laughs> isn't it? Yes. and Yeah, yeah, it is. It totally is. Well, I wonder if they're both coming with, well, just the one head each, huh? So, like, it would be neat to get both versions of Professor X with just the heads and then also with the Cerebro helmet and then Magneto helmet on, helmet off, both old and young. And you can, they said. You can remove the helmets and have helmet on Fastbender or helmet on McKellen. I don't know how you're getting the helmet over that hair on McKellen. I wonder if the hair pops off. Oh, that's creepy. Oh, uh, maybe. And then another exclusive, another Wolverine. This one straight out of... Well, I guess he wore this in every movie, really. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he pretty much wore this in every movie, yes. Yeah, you got to get him into the tank top and jeans at some point in every movie. So, yeah, this is a just a good old Hugh Jackman representation of Wolverine and comes with two sets of hands. You can have adamantium claws or bone claws. See, that's why I thought this was the X-Men Origins Wolverine one is because, you know, he did both in there. New box. 
but this is available for pre-order now. You can go right. This is an Amazon exclusive. You can go to Amazon right now and pre-order for, I think, $24.99. So what does this all mean, Justin? We've gone through kind of what they went through in the presentation, but sorting it out, what does this mean? means that our wallets are going to be empty by this time next year, I would think. <laughs> no, I mean, what we've sussed out or what they've told us is, you know, some of these we've already kind of broken down into the waves that they're coming in. Because these last figures we talked about, we don't know if they're a wave. We don't know necessarily if they're going to be just exclusive one-offs here and there. But here's here's what we do know. So let's start off with deluxe figures. We already know about Black Widow and her cool stand. That's a deluxe figure coming out soon. And then they showed us a really cool comic version of War Machine. And that's going to be another deluxe figure. So that $29.99 price point. And also a new Apocalypse. Which is the old Build-A-Figure retooled and coming out as deluxe. I'd say majorly retooled. I mean, it's it looks completely different, you know? But I, I really hope it comes with that skull. That really sells it for me. A human skull as a, an accessory is something I'll never get upset about. It almost makes me want to buy more multiples. <laughs> <laughs> so out of out of those movie realistic things, they did mention that the movie Deadpool and Negasonic is going to be a two-pack together. So I'm guessing that's going to be kind of in that more square packaging that we saw in the 80th line and the 10th anniversary MCU lines. Mm -hmm, yeah, like, yeah, so many of the two-packs they've done, Star-Lord and Ego or... They did one last year for the X-Men set. Right, but I guess what I'm saying is, is like, I'm guessing it's going to be some sort of special anniversary type of line that we're not aware of yet. Like last year we had that 80th Oh, I see what you're and, saying. Yeah, and all the boxes were more squared off and not the tapered sides. Okay, yeah. And then we get into some of the legendary writers. And these two are out now. I already have my cosmic ghost rider and my squirrel girl yep and this figure actually made me go out and read the cosmic ghost rider comic and oh my lord if they're gonna make this i challenge hasbro to make howard the juggernaut <laughs> they actually have it in the comic oh. howard the duck got the gem and became the juggernaut to try to stop Cosmic Ghost Rider. And then I also want a Punisher Thanos and to go with Thanos Baby. I need to see a picture of that. So, like, is the Juggernaut helmet now have, like, a duck bill in it? It's the duck bill is sticking out, like, where Juggernaut's mouth is. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, I need that figure in my life. That kind of sounds like you ate some spicy Indian food and then smoked a joint, and this is what you came up with. If that's the experience you like, I highly recommend the Cosmic Ghost Rider comic. It was well worth my time. It sounds like a fever dream. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, yeah, these two are out now. I've seen, I've actually seen them on the shelves at Target. I've seen them at GameStop, but mostly it's one of those things if you want them, probably order them online because this line is weird. Like every time I see them at retail, it's like it's either something that sits there forever or they're there for a minute and they're snapped up. So if it's something you're interested in, grab it when you see it or just order it directly from Hasbro. I just, yeah, order directly online and make sure I get them. But I'm wondering... You know, they announced one new one, and I guess that's how they do it, right? They have a case, but then they have a revision case come out where they add one new rider. And so I guess this time our new one is going to be another Frank Castle. I mean, Cosmic Ghost Rider is Frank Castle, but here's the more classic Punisher on this matte black motorbike. 
Yeah. And I think this is just kind of a retooling of the uh, Wolverine motorcycle we got not too long ago. I think it's got, you know, now it's got like the low rider type of high handlebars and stuff, but it's got the same headlight and wheels type of thing. So, you know, it's a good reuse of parts. And I think they painted it really cool with that matte black finish. Yeah, that's what really got me is, yeah, the the finish on it makes it look quite a bit different. But now that you mention it, you're right. We do just have a little bit of a motorcycle gang going on in this rider's line. We got a Captain <laughs> America. We got Wolverine. We got Punisher. Got the scooter a couple times. You know, they could just call this the chopper's line. <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm sure, as many of you heard, they announced something that's kind of a cool idea. You know, a lot of times you get these figures that it's like, well, you need more than just one. You know, you, you want to build an army of, of Hydra soldiers. And so right now you can go and grab a Hydra soldier for just fourteen ninety nine, and it comes in just a plain old box with just some art on it. And hey, you know, you can send it to me in a baggie. You know, we don't, you're not selling it at retail, so you don't need to like overly do it. So 15 bucks out the door for army builders. I loved this when they announced it. I mean, that is really cheap $15 for a Marvel Legends figure. But for army builders, there's one thing that bugs me. Just one thing. I, I hate to grouse about this because I was so excited when they announced it. But right now at Big Bad Toy Store, you can get the Hydra 2-pack for $35. So for five extra dollars, right? That'd be 20 extra dollars. No, but you're getting two. It's a 2-pack. Oh. <laughs> oh, if you're going to do math. Fine. It's it's thirty six ninety nine, and it's that old Toys R Us two pack. And in that, you get six heads, two totally different bodies, plus a load of armory here. Right? With these troop builders, the thing that kind of bummed me out is one head. You get a bunch of different guns, but just one head. So you're gonna have a clone army. Yeah, I can see what you're saying there. Like maybe throw a few more of the accessories in there, especially if you have them already. But a second head or a mask or something or something like a mask we could put over the head, you know, to like have to make them look a little bit different. Like in this at Toy Fair, they revealed a Hoth Trooper in the Star Wars line, six inch that has two face plates. But then you could also put goggles on or goggles off or scarf up and scarf down. And so you can do like a total of nine different head combinations with two face plates and the accessories. But the face plates are creepy. But they're only creepy when they're not on the head. Yes, that's correct. Because it's literally just a face. <laughs> it's like face off. I see what you're saying. But if, if we're honest, like most of us are collectors and we probably have two or three of those two packs. And you really only can display two figures at a time. So you can use some of those accessories with these army builders. That's true. And not that's have them true. just sitting in, in a baggie. That is true. I guess I'm thinking about future army builders that they may not have done yet. Right. But right now... I'll admit, I jumped right in and I bought the limit of 10 of these Hydra Troopers because I was like, yes! And then I realized I could have just bought five of the two packs and spent a little extra money and had a buttload more accessories. <laughs> well, it, it's a cool concept. I, I'd like to see where they go with it. I'm sure we'll see AIM soldiers in the future and stuff like that. So, You know what caught my eye is when they announced this? What was the second they, slide they showed? They showed the Hydra Troopers with Red Skull there and... I don't remember. Did we ever get that Red Skull figure who's short in the green suit? No, there, there's some customs here. Oh, that's right. This is from ACBA. This isn't an official Hasbro image. Right. But the second one Hasbro chose to 
put on this slide was from Black Panther with the Dora Malahe, the female royal guard. That would be a really awesome second choice instead of just jumping right to hand ninjas or aim soldiers or something. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, because that was the only way to get that was in that first Black Panther wave, you know, so that's long gone by now. And I don't know how many people were thinking about even army building those at the time. So that that would be one that would be interesting to see if that sells better since it wasn't originally in a two pack. You know, it was just a single release figure. And I think that'll tell you more about army builders than the Hydra soldier will. And then moving on past that, we do have the fans' choice vote, which I asked them about early on. Justin, did you vote? I did. Well, I assume everybody's going to be voting for Silk. Like, that just to me seems like the obvious winner. So I voted for that Lady Sif because that one was, you know, we did get a version of her in that. Was it a Toys R Us pack with like five or six other female warriors? Oh, the A4 set? Yes. So yeah, that, that set was a little bit harder to come by and it was like at the tail end of Toys R Us. You know, some people did find them on, on the cheap, but that set's long gone now. So I wouldn't mind seeing that Lady Sif in another thing because I know they said they're not going to make all of them or probably won't make any of the other ones. But I got to tell you, a white suit Electra doesn't do much for me. And that silk seems like a no-brainer at some point. So I went with the one least likely to see it unless it was voted for. I think Silk is going to win. Silk is a hot new character. The outfit is different enough. Justin, I'm with you. I voted for Sif. I think Sif is different enough here from the one we got in the A-Force pack with the fur coat and cape and everything. That's the one I think really is nice. I want all three. I'm going to be perfectly honest. If you if you made all three, I'd buy all three. I don't know why this is a vote. Just put them out. <laughs> but especially since these are just repaints. They're like, whatever you vote for, we'll have in July. So you got them done already. It's not like you're about to sculpt the things. Just make them. But, <laughs> but Sif was my number one. Nice. Even though I don't think she's going to win, I do think it's going to be Silk. I mean, just the way that other figure sold. I mean, she's still hard to find and I think goes for quite a pretty penny on the secondary market. So, and this updated look is cool. I'm fairly confident in saying Silk is going to gonna win this one. Plus, she has the best accessories. Alternate head, removable mask, six hands, seven hands with the web. The others just don't have that many accessories. Mm-hmm. But we'll be able to, it's not going to be an exclusive, but we'll be able to buy Silk at San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of exclusives, there was a lot of stuff talked about, and we've already talked about some of these, but thought it'd be a nice little public service to kind of like round them up and just kind of visually show you where some of these things are going to wind up. So I'll tell you, I needed this list <laughs> because as I'm trying to keep track of my pre-orders, I'm like, what do I order where right now? Because it, it was, you know, it just, it came at us in such a rush at Toy Fair. I couldn't keep it straight. So wait, you're keeping track of what you ordered? Yeah. Wow. It's a new year, new Arnie. <laughs> so let's start at our favorite place to walk into and walk out of and feel like we're shoplifting. Walgreens. <laughs> I do always feel like I'm shoplifting. Can I help you? Oh, no, I'm good, thanks. I feel very lucky, thanks to them putting them online. I can check both of these off my list. Nice. Yeah, I, I was lucky and found some Stepford Cuckoos about a week and a half ago, so I'm, I'm good there. And I did not order Iron Man 2020 yet, just because I do, like, I, I get the feeling it's a cool figure, 
but it just doesn't have that mass appeal. I feel like he's going to be our next Namor, and he's going to be sitting on these shelves three years from now. Yeah, I mean, infamous Iron Man, if you need some, I can still get him for you. And Iron Man 2020, unlike the Stepford Cuckoos, did not instantly sell out. He's still available from... And that's nice if you don't want to have to walk into countless Walgreens hoping to find one. You know, you can just order it online and be done with it. Then over at Walmart, they have some exclusives that we already talked about. and not necessarily sure when these will be coming out, but Cable from the movie line is going to be Walmart exclusive. And so is the Venomized Cap. I think they said Venom Cap's coming this fall. Or at least they said later this year. Whereas Black Widow is coming very soon. Yeah, very, very soon. The Target seems to... To have the most exclusives this year for some reason. They've, they've got a grand total of four. And they're the most maddening. I, I think they're more maddening than Walgreens at this point. Don't you guys think that? Yeah. Well, especially since they have their DPCI numbers that you can look up stuff online and find out like, ooh, it says there's one or two in stock. I might as well go over there. But those things aren't always accurate. At least with Walgreens, it's always going in blind. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, we, we already talked about the, the white suit Black Widow. That's going to be showing up pretty darn soon. And the one that's currently driving everybody in the Marvel <laughs> Legends collecting universe mad, Red Hulk. The only thing that bugs me about Red Hulk, I get it, it's a Target exclusive, but doesn't it bother you a little bit, Justin, just a little bit, that we're not going to get Red Hulk on the retro card the way we got Grey Hulk and Green Hulk to finish the trifecta? Because it's a Target exclusive, that means we're not going to see it at San Diego Comic-Con on a different card. Yeah, it, it is a little frustrating that, like, now that there's three, all three colors of the Hulk represented, one is going to be in the, the box rather than the card. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe someday we'll get a compound Hulk on the, on the retro card and just split the difference. Someday might be sooner than you think if what I'm reading is true. <laughs> really? <laughs> so yeah, that one's currently the bane of my existence, I you know, I, I really want to get that one, and I'm hoping they ship it in good numbers and they realize how popular that figure is going to be, and it's not one of these, oh, each store got two, and if you weren't here at 8 a.m., sorry. And then they have a couple more. I mean, as you mentioned, Star Boost Armor Iron Man and First Appearance Storm are both going to be at Target later this year. Yep, and that Star Boost is up on their site now. You can pre-order it, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you don't right. want to have to. I did. Yep. yep. I forgot. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> And like we already talked about the Wolverine being an Amazon exclusive. He's he's up there now. You can go grab the Bone Claw tank top Wolverine. And then the, the Hulk that we talked about going to be a GameStop exclusive with the purchase <laughs> of the game. That's. <laughs> I'm sorry that Hulk makes me laugh. I'm just going to cross my fingers that GameStop's still around when the game comes out. Well, <laughs> a lot of GameStops aren't closing and a lot of them are. Ours wasn't on the list. It was a surprise closing. I'm just saying GameStop has the whiff of Kmart to it. Yeah. It's, it smells like no air conditioning and mothballs. <laughs> Toys R Us's ghost is looming. Like, <laughs> come with us. I know every time I'm in a GameStop and they're asking if I'm looking for something, I say, yeah, I'm looking for this. They're like, oh, well, yeah, we don't have it. We can pre-order it for you. And I'm just like, oh, you poor sap. <laughs> like, <laughs> you think I'm going to give you money and you guys are going to be gone? Come on. <laughs> You just never know. We could wake up tomorrow in a world where they're like, oh, GameStops are closing first week of May. Yeah. So, like I said, I'm hoping that they stick around till my birthday so I get an Outback Hulk. And even if that does happen, I'm sure, yeah, well, they'll find a way to get that figure out otherwise if, if it does end up at a dead retailer. Yeah, they did that with the Toys R Us ones. The Claw and Shuri. 
But then the big news to end the show. Literally big news. Hasbro's going to be doing another HasLab, but this time for Marvel, which was a very cool one they're hinting at. Did you know what it was, Justin? You know what? My first guess, because the audio was kind of cutting out when I was watching it live, and just based on the pictures they were showing and stuff like that, my first thought was they were going to do like a cool danger room type of setup. Like, you know, a really huge display thing that we could build. But now that I've gone back and rewatched it, it's like, nope, that's not what they're talking about. I think it's pretty obvious that we're getting something pretty cool. Yeah, I got it because, you know, I, I'll i be honest, I've never watched the X-Men animated series the whole way through. It gets, you know, the first episodes are really amazing, and the more you go, it just becomes less amazing. It's still good, but it's not amazing. But I've tried to start the series so many times. I've probably seen the first two episodes, the two-parter, 50 times. And I love that two-parter. And it starts with Jubilee just going about her normal day, and then you get a POV of a Sentinel as they're about to apprehend her. And I'm 99% sure that's what they were trying to recreate here with their Jubilee Legends figure and the code name and height and mutant life form and ending with the word apprehend. We're looking at a HasLab Sentinel. Now, why do we need HasLab? Didn't they just put out a Sentinel Amazon a couple years ago? 200 bucks? Came with the old man Logan? Yeah, I'm guessing if we're going to look at the size of HasLab Project of the Past, I mean, we had the Star Wars Sail Barge, which is, what, five and a half feet long? <laughs> and what's the Transformers one? I'm not a Transformers guy, but it's a big planet. Unicron. Robot. Unicron. That thing is huge. I'm guessing we might be looking at a Sentinel the size of a fourth grader. I don't know how big those are. You know, somewhere in like the three and a half, four feet. Four foot. All right. Now, here's the thing about HasLab is, you know, we've seen it be big, but it doesn't have to be. Cookie Monster wasn't ginormous. I did some Googling because as we've said on the show many times, different artists draw things different ways. But how big is a Sentinel? According to Wiki, the typical Sentinel is three stories tall. Oh, wow. Now, I take a story as 10 feet, but I decided to Google this. An office building of three stories is 38.39 feet tall, whereas a three-story residential building is 30 feet tall. Okay? With you so far? Yes. So let's do some rough math. Marvel Legends are six-inch figures, and let's say... They're supposed to represent mostly six foot tall people. Yep. Foot an inch. That's my rule of thumb. Yep. So if a Sentinel is 30 to 40 feet, then to be in scale with the Legends, we'd be looking at 30 to 40 inches. So two and a half to three and a half feet. All right. That's still pretty, pretty big. Not to say they can't go bigger, but it is big, but it, you know, it's not that four foot Jack's Pacific Darth Vader or Spider-Man that we'd see at Walmart a couple years ago. It's close, but it's not quite that tall. I mean, and that's that's kind of what I'm envisioning is something in that scale, because what I think it really needs to be able to do is hold a six-inch figure in its hand and make it look realistic, not like it's holding a toy. So for it to hold a six-inch action figure in its hand and make it feel like it's a giant robot that's doing this, it needs to get closer to that three and a half, four feet, I think. Do you have a shelf you could put that on? I do not at the moment. Mm, no, probably just stand in the corner and freak people out in dark rooms. Hmm. 
But I'm sure just being a big figure isn't going to be enough. I'm guessing there's going to be some cool electronics and LEDs and sound effects and stuff like that included. I agree. I think there'll definitely be light-up features and some sounds, which got me thinking, okay, if I think I know how big it's going to be, how expensive is it going to be? I mean, before my interview at Toy Fair with Dwight and Ryan, I said I wasn't going to ask them about HasLab because they weren't going to tell me anything else. This was a tease. That's the point of a tease. But what they said was, yeah, they were kind of saying you know, start socking away your pennies. One of the things we heard from Star Wars fans when they did the HasLab is 45 days is not enough for us to get together the money for the barge. So this is telling people, all right, start putting some money in the piggy bank for whenever this comes. And he said a few months. So, you know, San Diego Comic-Con, right? They're going to launch this at San Diego. That's what makes perfect sense. That's my assumption. But how much will it cost? <sighs> Here's what I was thinking. All right, so you add electronics, and you got it about three and a half feet. And I look at the Slave 1, the three and three quarter inch, that's $150 for that Slave 1. But it's got really good paint apps, and it's, you know, no electronics, but nice paint, a lot of detail to it, but $150. I'm going to ballpark this. I'm. This may sound optimistic. It may be optimistic. I'm thinking 350 to 400. Okay, cuz I was thinking like right around 3ish because I for some reason think it's going to be not as expensive as a sail barge. Or how much was Unicron? Unicron was 575. Mm, but he also has a transforming ability and yeah. the alleged Haslab may not have that cuz there's no transformers in the Marvel universe yet. Yeah, I mean, I think there's also considerations of things that we're not privy to, you know, like the cost of individual pieces and tooling and all the intricacies. I mean, you think about the barge, you think about the Transformers Unicron, lots of small little intricate, you know, railings and handrails and doorways and stairs and on Unicron, a bunch of moving parts and joints. You know, this is just going to be, I'm not saying this won't be as intricate, but if it's a Sentinel, it's a, it's a large figure. You know, we're not we're not getting into like, oh, we need all this extra tooling for the interior part. And so this part can move. So, it, you know, 350, 400 might be in the right the might range there. I would be very happy with that. Now, I did look it up. The Unicron was 27 inches tall. But yes, he converted into a 30 inch diameter planet with 50 points of articulation. So I would think that the Sentinel might have 50 points of articulation. You'd probably be looking at articulated fingers and things. Yeah. But I agree. I don't know. Maybe a removable chest plate or something to show some battle damage if you, God forbid, wanted to army build these four-foot mm. monsters. <laughs> well, that's what I was just going to say. That's another thing they have to be considering, too. I mean, with the barge, sure, collectors might buy two because it's like, I want one to display, one to keep in box or whatever, but really, you only need one. It's not an army building thing. Unicron is an individual. You're not going to buy a bunch of them. Sentinels, they might be hoping people buy two, three, four, five of them, you know? So pricing it at a spot where an average collector might be like, oh, it might be a little tight, but I'll buy two, you know? That might be something they're looking at. Yeah, and I think that not every HasLab has to be, you know, $500, $600, $800. The Cookie Monster was only 300 He didn't make it, but he wasn't a Marvel license, you know? What could I say? I think, right. I think that 
Marvel fans are going to be more looking at how much you would have had to spend to buy every Marvel Legends figure put out last year. If you bought only one of each, this is not even 10% of that. If yeah, it's 350. but I think the difference <laughs> is the money has to all be at one time up front. Yeah. And for some that is hard, which I completely understand, which is why they're giving us the heads up now to save our pennies. Yep. Clear those credit cards. I will be very happy if it comes in under five, that's for sure. But at four feet, you know, I'd like to get two or three Sentinels, I'll be honest. But at four feet, I mean, that's not feasible. That's a lot of space. That's floor space. I mean, that's a desk. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we're going to need a separate room for the Sentinels then. <laughs> we don't have children. We can just have a Sentinel. Put them in little high chairs and stuff. Yeah, maybe one of the stretch goals would be like pedestals that you can put them on so you have a place to display them. Well, let me ask you this. Judging by what they did with Unicron and the barge, the way that halfway through with the barge, they came in and said, oh, wait, there's also Yak Face. If they announced a Sentinel, but then halfway through came out and said, here's a figure we're throwing in with the Sentinel to sweeten the pot, what figure would you want? Jubilee. We just got Jubilee, though. But it would probably be a repaint. It wouldn't be a total new sculpt. Yeah, and it might be something, one of those things where the exclusiveness of it is like they're going to put it on a retro card. You know, kind of like they did with the Yak Face. Yak Face came out in the regular line, but what made him exclusive with the barge was that tri-logo card. So, you know, maybe it is a figure they've already done like Jubilee or one of the many Wolverines that we've gotten recently just on a cool exclusive card. Right, I'm going to go out on a limb here. This may be, again, a little bit nuts. I would think, given how many people in suits they've done so far, you do Bolivar Trask, the guy who created the Sentinels in the comics. Oh. It's a guy in a suit. You paint the suit. You sculpt one head, and you ship him with the Sentinel. Yeah, that could be cool. Yeah, because you're right. They might need something to sweeten it a little bit where it's like, oh, this is the only way to get this character. <laughs> you know, there's, there's so many different ways to look at it. And I'm sure those, are, these are the type of things that's probably keeping the Hasbro team up at night. Like, oh, which, what's the right way to go? Does this turn people off or does this sweeten the deal? The thing I wonder is, is Bolivar Trask enough to get people, you know, to push them. Whereas, I mean, Bolivar Trask does not have the headline appeal of a Cyclops or a Wolverine or something. But we've not gotten them. Yeah, I guess that's a good question, Justin. You're not all in on anything. You buy what you like. $400, four-foot Sentinel with Boulevard Trask. Would you go in? I, I mean, I would. I mean, Sentinels are awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've, I've gotten every Sentinel they put out since they've been putting out these other bigger ones and stuff like that. And to do another huge one, I'll say this. If I passed... I would be kicking myself in the butt this time next year going like, why didn't I order one of those Sentinels? So I, I feel like, and it's Hasbro. It's not like they're going to screw it up, you know? I mean, we'll see it fully before you, you have the most part. So you'll know what you're ordering. So I'm going to say unless for some reason it's completely goofy looking or for some reason they go with that movie universe one from Days of Future Past that it was cool, but it's not a classic Sentinel, I'm, I'm in. Well, to close out the show... We do have a little bit more of it, the interview with the Hasbro team where they talk about HasLab. They don't really spill any details about this one, but they talk about perhaps other HasLab ideas that may happen and what they're thinking about the HasLab in general. We're going to have there will be some more announcements um, for HasLab in, in a couple of months, a month or so. I don't know that we want to commit to how tall 
he actually is or what it actually is, but let's just say it's pretty, whatever it is, is pretty impressive in scale. And then in terms of other items too, like, I don't know, I'm kind of nervous about, like, we can just say what our personal favorites are because who knows, hopefully there's HasLab two and three and maybe we get to these, those other types of items in the future. But, you know, I think just reading some of the fan reactions, some people wanted vehicles, some people mm -hmm. wanted playset type things. And then the third thing were just these large, these large, super huge characters. So I think it's pretty, it's pretty obvious which one, which one we'll be doing first. You know, we're all, we're all super impressed with it and we can't wait to show it off in San Diego. Yeah. I mean, as far as other ones, I'd love to see someday. I'd love to see something like uh, uh, a creature. I'd like to see Devil Dinosaur or a uh, massive upgrade to Fin Fang Foom. I think, you know, a couple of monster creature characters would be really cool and uh, fill a, a space on your shelf that we haven't really been able to dive into um, too much of late. So I think those would be some cool ones to, to look at. For sure. And I will say a an actual danger room, like the uh, X-Men trading cards, those nine-card oh, yeah. nine uh, panel, like that would be sweet to do. Mm -hmm. I think it's just harder to sell in an idea of a play set that doesn't come with any figures. Same, kind of, same thing with the vehicle. Blackbird. <laughs> Dan, Dan likes the Blackbird. Uh, I'm going with the most current Ghost Rider, uh, Muscle Car, Flames, Skullhead. That's Robbie Reyes. That'd Robbie be cool. Reyes, yeah. That's probably one of my top characters we haven't gotten to yet i would kind of like uh i'm from new york so i'm biased but i kind of want like a battle of new york and avengers one type of setting that that would be kind of cool i don't know how we do that <laughs> that'd be kind of cool maybe a spider buggy oh, shoot. <laughs> i loved uh one reaction online was that it's going to be a giant jubilee finger <laughs> which was, like, which was yes, great it could yes. be that it could be that yeah hyper real it's just exciting for us to get a shot at doing one something like this you know because it's you know it's something that we've been looking at and talking internally and um as discussed earlier there's there was multiple concepts before this one was the one we decided to lock into so um once we reveal more details on this one maybe we'll tell you guys a little bit more about all of the things that happened leading up to where we netted out but uh there's definitely um an excitement internally around doing something uh, bigger and more crazy than we've ever accomplished on, you know, Legends up to this point. So um, hopefully it'll do super well and you guys will love it and it'll give us the opportunity to do something equally crazy or even uh, bigger down the line. Yeah, and I do want to say, and even our PR friends are here so they can hold me to it, but like, you know, the Star Wars teams and Transformers teams had two HasLabs and both were extremely successful. And we know Marvel Legends fans, you know, if you were to ask me, my opinion is that Come we have on, the best Marvel. fans. Come so on, we, we're really going to need everyone's support <laughs> on this. You know, there's, there's been some, you know, positive and negative reactions to the tease, which was to be expected because it's not a full view of the product. So, you know, reserve your kind of concerns and questions until you hear more. But, um, yeah, it just speaks to the, the HasLab crowdfund platform and that, um, you know, we'd love to kind of smash the targets for this first one out of the gate because then that will only unlock more things for us down the line yeah and come to us with your ideas too you know we'll be seeing you guys again uh this coming summer if not before and we'd love to hear what you guys are thinking about and what you guys would like to see on your shelf so now that we're going to be opening this door um you know sky's the limit so you know come back to us with uh suggestions and thoughts and you know we can uh, try to vet them internally and see which ones have the most uh, credence to be translated into toy all right, 
A Haslab Sentinel's cool, but come on, a Haslab Fin Fang Foom? Mm-hmm. Take my money. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I, I heard the word bigger and better in there to describe a potential Fin Fang Foom. Well, yeah, he'd be actual scale versus the Build-A-Figure we got, which is, you know, much, much smaller. Yes, it's mm-hmm. right there behind you. It's over your shoulder. Yes. So, and I don't know how I feel about a danger room. I like the idea of uh, embattled New York. That would be cool. But I don't, you know, play sets for Legends don't hold the same appeal to me as they do for, like, Star Wars. I think some of its scale being in the six inch and some of its, I didn't grow up with it. But a Blackbird or a big character, you know, or something along those lines, I'd be definitely down for. But that ends this half of our Toy Fair coverage, covering Hasbro. We still have so many more people we talked to at Diamond and Mezco and Kotobukiya and Funko and Lego. Oh, Toy Fair was a lot of companies. So we're going to pick that up in about a week and a half. Thank you for joining us. Thanks again to the Hasbro team for all their time and putting up with my questions. (laughs) (laughs) So you'll have all that and more on the next Marvelicious Toys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Marvelicious Toys. There's even more Marvelicious content at our website, MarveliciousToys.com. You can see pictures of the products we discussed, find checklists for collectibles, and read articles on Marvel movies, comics, and collecting. It's all at MarveliciousToys.com. You can also help out our show by telling your friends to listen by posting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or in person. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star review written on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at MarveliciousToys.com. We want your feedback. You can email us at show at MarveliciousToys.com or find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Find all those links at our website. If you also like Star Wars, Star Wars Collecting is covered at our other podcast, Star Wars Action News, which you can find at SWActionNews.com. Marvelicious Toys is produced and edited by Artie Carvalho. Associate produced by Jason Latham. Video editing by Andrew and Daryl. Graphic design by Justin. Photo editing by Jeff and Curtis. Announcements by Brock. If you want to hear reviews of every movie ever based on Marvel Comics, check out those reviews and hundreds more on the Now Playing Podcast at nowplayingpodcast.com. Marvel Comics and all of the Marvel Multiverse contains are the intellectual property of Marvel Entertainment Incorporated, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, and no infringement is intended. Marvelicious Toys is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2020, all rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Nope, but hey, we need a new leader figure, and hey, if this is where they can slot them in, great. Because I thought you were talking politics. Oh. <laughs> Lend me your ear, fellow Americans. You're like, we need a new leader 
figure. <laughs> <laughs> So wait, you're keeping track of what you ordered? Yeah. Wow. It's a new year, new Arnie. <laughs> Is that the year of Arnie? <laughs> and Arnie the, divided against himself cannot stand. The summer of Arnie. <laughs> you're killing independent Arnie. <laughs> <laughs>